Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Forgiveness is choosing to keep no record of wrong. You don't mull over it, go over it, rehearse it again and again and again and again. Forgiveness is simply refusing to take revenge. It's putting it in God's hands and saying, God, you know. Forgiveness is not telling what they did. Sometimes a person's hurting so much, they need to tell somebody, and you do need to do that. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet When we refuse to forgive, we disobey God's command. Unforgiveness is like a cancer that makes us bitter, resentful, and steals our joy. In today's message, Pastor Ed admonishes us to forgive. He also points out that forgiveness does not mean that we are excusing another person's bad behavior. Forgiveness also doesn't mean that we belittle the pain and the hurt that another's offense has caused. It does mean, however, that we keep no record of wrongs, just like our Savior keeps no record of our wrongs. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message in Luke, chapters 23 and 34, in a series on the subject of forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is a beautiful thing. I mean, it is really good. But when you have to be the one giving the forgiveness, the story is a little different. When it's you who have been offended, wronged, when you have suffered, and you're the one who's going to have to forgive, That can be real difficult. I want you to look at this prayer. First, it's petition. Our Lord's petition. Jesus said, Father. Jesus was always praying. He was always in communion with God. Paul told us we always ought to be in a spirit, an attitude of praying. Pray without ceasing. Jesus found refuge in the Father through prayer. There are some things that unless God gives us the grace to do it, we can't do it. Unless God gives you that supernatural strength, there is no possible way that you can forgive. Well, Jesus there on the cross lifted up his heart to the Father And he said, Father, God was his refuge and he finds refuge in prayer. He finds refuge in the Lord as he kept on praying. That's what the tense reflects. In the Greek language, the tense of the verbs convey the idea that Jesus kept on praying. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. When the nails were pounded into his hands, when the spike was pounded into his feet, when people came by and spit on him, when others mocked him and said, 
(laughs) You saved others. Try and save yourself now. If you're the Christ, come down from that cross. He kept on praying, taking refuge in God. There are some hurts, pain, experiences that we have that unless we keep ourselves in the place of communion with God, we will not be able to handle properly. He was praying when he was treated unjustly. He was praying when he was abandoned by his disciples, by his friends. He was praying not for justice, but for mercy. Not for God's wrath, but for God's grace. Our Lord's petition, he takes refuge in prayer. But he also does something else. This prayer reflects his consciousness of his relationship. Oftentimes, when you go through the fiery trial, when you're the subject of lies, when you find someone stabbing you in the back, as well as punching you in the gut, at that time, you could question, you could wonder, and you could say, God, where are you? Are you really there? You're sovereign. Why are you allowing all of these things to happen? And you can question God. But Jesus said, Father, he never doubted his relationship with God. And even when you suffer and you are in the most excruciating of pain, you could know that God is your Father and you don't have to buy into Satan's lies. When Jesus was baptized, you remember we talked about it, when he was baptized, the heavens were open, the dove descended, and as far as we know, for the very first time, he heard the voice of his heavenly father at 30 years of age, saying, this is my beloved son. And then he was driven out to the wilderness, there in the wilderness, the enemy came, and said, if you are the son, if you are the son, if you are the son. Three times he hammered that teaching, that belief that Jesus had that God was his father. And all through Jesus' ministry, the enemy came again and again and again and again. And here at the cross, if you really are the son of God, if you really are who you say you are, come down from that cross. And he utters those words, Father, This life, this journey is not easy. You'll suffer. You'll endure all sorts of hardships. Anybody who's lived any amount of years recognizes that you will be wounded. Sometimes by people above you. Sometimes by people beside you. Sometimes by people behind you, the closest to you, friends, loved ones. And Jesus teaches us in this moment when he prays, Father, forgive them, 
He's teaching us that in that moment we take refuge in God and we must remember our relationship to God. Never, never forget it. That he's your father and that he cares and he loves you even when you're smarting under pain. But I want you to notice something else in the text. Our Lord gave us an example. He taught about forgiveness. He told us that we are to forgive 70 times 70. I mean, you just keep on forgiving. And he lived it. He demonstrated it. He showed us. Now, what we often do is we misunderstand what forgiving is. There's a book by R.T. Kendall called Total Forgiveness. And he talks about forgiveness. And I want to just go down very quickly through some of the areas that he says this is really not forgiveness. He says these things are not forgiveness. It's not, forgiveness is not excusing what a person did. Where we just say, you know, they grew up under certain circumstances and because they grew up in that environment, because of nature and nurture, they are what they are. So we just excuse it. That's not what forgiveness is. Real forgiveness is not excusing sin. It's not justifying what they did. And say, you know, um, you never call evil good. You never call the wrong the right. Don't justify. Uh, In fact, you don't pardon what a person does. You know, uh, some woman went to her pastor, and she lived in England, and she said to her pastor, you know, she had been raped, and uh, the person who raped her was from the Middle East. And she said, if he is charged, they'll send him back, and he may be executed. And she asked the pastor what to do. He said, you have the responsibility to go and testify against him. She had no bitterness in her heart. She had worked through the issues, and that's a very difficult issue to work through. But she released that person. But it doesn't mean that they don't suffer, that they don't have to deal with what they've done. And so it doesn't mean that you just simply pardon somebody. It's not necessarily reconciliation. It can be, but it's not necessarily. Remember Hosea in the Bible? His wife Gomer was an adulterer, committed all sorts of sins, but God said, take her back. He took her back. He loved her. But you know, God doesn't require that of us in all situations. That's why Jesus gave us the exception clause for divorce. And by the way, divorce meant the right to remarry in biblical times. He said, divorce in case of sexual immorality, adultery. And a person does have that right if they've been sinned against. If your husband winds up having an affair with your best friend, it's very doubtful that you're going to have the same type of relationship with your best friend or your husband after that. The trust has been broken. Not saying there can't be, there is forgiveness is not necessarily the reconciliation and things just go back the way they were. It's not denial. It's not denying what they did, just simply saying, no, it didn't happen. Uh, It's not uh, 
some people bury the memory. They bury it so much that it's like a poison in their being. And it impacts them through the years. It's not blindness to what has happened. Just excusing them and saying, well, no, it didn't happen. Just, it's not forgetting. You can't forget certain things. I mean, you don't forget some of the great events in your life, some of the good events in your life where somebody, uh, some good things have happened. Yeah, how are you going to forget some of the most difficult, heart-wrenching events in your life? No. It, so it's not necessarily forgetting. Even God doesn't forget our sins. He forgives them, and he chooses to remember them no more. But it's not that he isn't conscious of what had happened. It's also not refusing to take the wrong seriously, to just minimize it and say, oh, well, it wasn't that bad. No, if it was bad, it was bad. If you were molested as a child, you were wronged. If someone ruined your character, you were hurt. If someone walked out on you, that was damaging. It's not pretending we're not hurt. Well, I'm a Christian, so it didn't hurt me. No, that's what it's not. So forgiveness is not that, but this is what it is. And just real briefly, forgiveness is choosing to keep no record of wrong. You don't mull over it, go over it, rehearse it again and again and again and again. Forgiveness is simply refusing to take revenge. It's putting it in God's hands and saying, God, you know. Forgiveness is not telling what they did. Sometimes a person's hurting so much they need to tell somebody, and you do need to do that. Go to a counselor, go to a pastor, go to some person who will keep it in confidence. But if someone hurts you, oh, I've been hurt. And so I'm going to put it out on a prayer chain. George, you know what happened to me? Would you please ask everybody to pray for me and ask them that I'll forgive brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so for the evil things that they've done against me. No, no. That, that's not what it is. Forgiveness is not telling what they did, but bringing it to God, just keeping it in a small circle. It's being merciful. I'll stop and just camp for a second on this one. It's the attitude of saying, Lord, you have been so merciful to me. What if God paraded all your sins here, scene by scene, picture by picture, day by day, hour by hour, week by week, all, man, you'd crawl under the pew. You wouldn't even come to faith assembly. Nobody would be here, including the preacher. <laughs> but God simply buries them, not to recall them. And so it's being merciful. We're, we're saying, God, what you've done for me, I want to do for others. The mercy that you've shown me, I want to show others. It's an inner disposition of grace. It's being like Jesus on the cross. What if Jesus on the cross simply prayed, Father, give them what they deserve? None of us would be here. Our sins put him on the cross. When he prayed, Father, forgive them, he was praying for, yes, those at the cross, those who put him there, those who were mocking him and ridiculing him. But I believe that prayer extends to us. It's 
Letting go, and here's a key, letting go to bitterness, of bitterness. Not holding it on, not mulling it over, not just letting it get a hold of your life. Now, look at your responsibility, our responsibility. In Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. We mirror our relationship with others. The relationship we have with God, we mirror it with others. And what God is teaching us in his word is the way we've been treated by him, we're to treat other people. That's forgiveness. Now keep in mind everything I've said before, all of those different points from Kendall's book, which I think are very good. But it's this idea that you're forgiving people. Now, I like what R.T. Kendall says about forgiveness. Totally forgiving someone doesn't necessarily mean we will want to spend our vacation with them. I like that. But it does mean that we release the bitterness in our hearts concerning what they've done. It's asking God to be merciful to them. Asking God to bless them. Asking God to help them and and wanting them to be recipients of his mercy it's not wanting every pound of flesh from them I was thinking of Kyle and we were praying together I was with Ramsey his son and Dagmar his wife and there at Vassar Hospital we prayed around his bed and we were reflecting on Kyle's life One of the things that impressed me, as a young child, when he was born, his mother died in childbirth, and he was given to an aunt who raised him, and she didn't treat him very well. He would get all the grunt work, he'd go out in the fields, and she treated her children in a very kind and considerate manner. But when it came to him, she just neglected him. Then they stole his land from him. That was a part of his heritage that had been in his family for hundreds and hundreds of years. When he came over to the States, God opened up some doors. He became an engineer. He did well financially. His stepmom, who took care of him, was in need. He'd send money back regularly to take care of her. He sent money back to help his um, brothers and sisters and, and those who treated him wrongly. He forgave them. Even when the Jews resettled or Israel, and he was a Palestinian, and when they took his property and his land, did you know that Kail, his father, had prepared and they had built the shepherd's fields where they celebrate the birth of Christ. I've been there to Israel. But his family owned that property and his home overlooked the shepherd's field. And that was all taken from him unjustly, wrongly. But he refused to have a bitter spirit. That's what forgiveness is. You've been wronged but you refuse to retaliate. T.R.T. Kendall said it this way, confidence towards God is ultimately what total forgiveness is all about. 
He is the one I want to please at the end of the day. You have it in mind. Someday I'm going to stand before God and I want mercy and I want grace and I want to live my life like Jesus wants me to live life. The very first martyr of the church was Stephen. When Stephen was martyred, there were stones hurled at him. He was bleeding and he was dying and he prayed for those who were persecuting him. He said, don't lay this sin to their charge. God answered that prayer and that Saul was converted and became Paul the Apostle. Saul had stood by and consented to the death of Stephen, but yet Stephen was praying like Jesus prayed. He was praying for those who hurt him. Who in your heart at this moment can the Holy Spirit bring to your mind? There was someone in your life that hurt you. Maybe a husband, a wife, a spiritual leader, a child, a son, a daughter, a parent. But someone along the journey put the knife in the back and the fist in your gut. All of us, all through the journey, are hurt and wounded by people. It's part of life. Romans 12, 19 says this, Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. You and I don't know how to judge people. We don't know the motives of people's hearts. We have to leave it with God. I tend to have the gift of mercy. And I might tend to be too lenient and let people get away with things. I know that. Now, some of you have more of that gift of uh, righteous indignation. <laughs> and, and, no, I'm not saying it in a bad way, but you may tend to go the other way. And say, so you, here's an infraction of the law, this is what you did. None of us have it all right. Only God does. He is the only one that can judge the hearts of men. And so we simply say, God, here. You know, you see, you hear, I, I, I put it in your hands. There's always, always, always a high cost of forgiveness. In Isaiah 53, 12, it says, For he bore the sin of many. Our forgiveness cost Jesus suffering and made intercession for transgressors. That's what he was doing on the cross when he prayed, Father, forgive them. He was making intercession for sinners. He was praying for you. He was praying for me. He was praying for those who would eventually believe. Like in John 17, he prayed for every future believer, every man and woman who would come into the kingdom and receive him as personal Lord and Savior. He was praying for them. And here he is, he's bearing our sins and he's making intercession. It cost him greatly. It will cost you to forgive. You'll have to humble yourself. You'll have to go against the grain of your fallen nature because we want to retaliate. You have to go against the sense of what you feel is justice. You know when you correct kids, ever make the mistake and you go on your kids when they were young and they're fighting? Who started this? <laughs> you know, He did. No, she did. It gets into the blame game. It started back in the garden. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent. We're all like that. We don't take responsibility for what we do so very often. We blame our circumstances, we blame our situation, we blame yeah, all sorts of things. But what happens 
is when we recognize that we've sinned against God and, and we realize that we're guilty of judgment, we want to be merciful to others and it will cost us. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching series entitled Forgiveness. We want to encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores.